pie and a pint. Pie and a pint. Pie and a pint. Pie and a pint. Welcome back to Pine and Pint Podcast, and this week we were joined by Steve Baines, ex Nottingham Forest, Huddersfield, Bradford, Bury, Scunthorpe, and Chesterfield player. Also a good referee in his day. What a cracking guy he was, absolute gem, and he's got a couple of amazing Brian Clough stories for you all. Steve, so just just so we can sort of start it off, I just want to yeah. get to know about how you got into football and sort of how you become a professional to start okay. with. Well, it all started for me, I, I suppose. Um, this is a long time ago, so you can do the maths. Um, 1969 was... Uh, 68, 69 season. Uh, I lived in, um, uh, not just down the outskirts of uh, Nottingham, in Beeston. And uh, you know, we used to. Uh, the team I played for on a Saturday, where it, it wouldn't be a little way, it's not allowed now, but it was called the Clifton All Whites. And uh, then lads there, we we had the best team in the county. We were better than the county team. We used to hammer everybody every week. And these lads were going up to. Different lads were going after for trials at Arsenal, Man United, the Villas, Leicester, and all over the place. Um, and I actually only went for for two trials. Actually, I went to to Forest, which was my club I supported as a, as a youngster. I used to stand in the Trent End every week and, and do that, and, uh, and and Derby. And both both clubs uh, actually offered me a, a, an apprenticeship. But the thing I went to Derby. And I, I had one trial at Forest, and, and the scout kept going around every every other week, you know, see how he was doing, and all this that and the other. Can you sign these forms? My dad wouldn't sign it. School with forms because they tie you to a club then at that stage, so you can't really wander off anywhere else. Yeah. So um, I, I didn't do that, but I went for a trial at Derby, and Cluffy and Peter Taylor were there, uh, and something they got me back to the ground. And the pair of them locked the door and got in the office, chased me around the office and said, sign this form, son, will you please? Because, you know, we want you to come here. And I said, no, I, I can't do that. I said, my dad said not to sign anything at this moment in time until we, we have a clearer picture of what's happening. But the both both clubs offered me an apprenticeship and I, I decided to go with um, with Forrest. Well, it was the right move or not. Yeah, it's hindsight, wonderful thing, isn't it? But, because um, there's a lot of, sent halves in front of me and it took a time to get into a, into a prominent position. Um, I remember I was started off there in uh, July the 7th, 1969 at Forest as an apprentice. I was about 15, uh, 15 days after my 15th birthday. Wow. I started there uh, and I, what, what was I? Six foot, six foot half inch, 13 and a half stone. And I'm now one of my, some, yeah, you know, you're writing the maths out, but I'm, I'm a fair bit older than that. And uh, <laughs> about 12 and a half stone, about six foot 12 and a half stone. So, yeah, we've shrunk a little bit in all ways, but we're all right. We're keeping fit as well, trying to keep fit and strong. But, I, yeah, it was a good start for me. It's something I dreamt of, and that was the only reason I could leave school, so I could be a, a footballer. And um, so it was only just after my 50th birthday I started at Forest. And we, uh, yeah, I got, I got going quite well, quite quickly. I was the only one that was was uh, taken on that year. And there, there must have been, every weekend, there were the trials going off at the, at the training ground, 
two or three matches going off and uh, I was the only one taken on board. You know, so the thousands of lads have gone through the system, but I was the only one that got it, got the opportunity, which was you know, I was very grateful for at the time. Uh, and having turned down Derby, ironically, two years after I'd started at Forest, um, I played in a, a testimonial on the cricket ground for the groundsmen there. I played in a team there. And Cluffy was actually manager of the, the opposition uh, team. And, and he came up to me. This is two years later. You know, I was a young lad and all the people he'd seen and everything else like that. Uh, two years later, they, they won the league and all this, that and the other. And he said, young man, is your father here? You know, that kind of tone. <laughs> and, and I said, no, why? He says, because if you had come to Derby when I asked you to, you'd have been in my first team now. And I was over 17 because Roy Mack had ruptured his Achilles in playing for England. Yeah. And uh, so that made me feel good as well. You know, that's <laughs> but it, it was one of those, if, if he was good enough, he was old enough. Because I remember a lad called Steve Powell. Can you remember Stevie Powell? Yeah. He played in midfield for Derby. And he was only 16, so he got in there and he played in. So he was not afraid to do anything like that, as you, as you might appreciate. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but that was, that was an interesting point. What was, his, um, what was he like then for that brief, the brief meeting you had with him then? Well, he was fine, absolutely good as gold, and I was amazed he knew who I was. But at that time, I, I, I'd done quite well. I, I, I was just turned 17, but I was captain of the reserves at Forest. I made my debut in the reserves at 16. And um, in then days, you know, when, when you played in the reserve, it was like a, a, lot of, full, a lot of them were international players in there. I made my debut against Everton, and, and there was Colin Harvey, Jimmy Husband, uh, I think Gordon West played that time. Um, there were, who was the, um, Lions, the boy Lions at the back there, and, and uh, uh, Alan Whittle and all these guys playing, yeah, it was a different thing. That's not young young lads under twenty threes and all this rubbish. Now it's it was a proper man's game. Yeah, you soon you soon felt the rough end of somebody's elbow when you got amongst them boys. They didn't, yeah. <laughs> your age didn't make a difference. You're big enough. That's it. You have a bit of that. Yeah, no VAR back then. Either. No, no, <laughs> uh, that's that's a topic as well, isn't it? It is. I think we're going to. <laughs> going to actually move on to that question now really so yeah one question is what do you actually make of sort of football of today really with the VAR refs blowing for the slightest of tackles the new handball rules mm -hmm. all of that sort of compared to back when you was playing well it, I wouldn't last five minutes there <laughs> it's, it's no no good whatsoever but yeah the, the VAR has just made a it, it's farcical and the problem you've got with that is that you've got referees or ex-referees covering the same decisions mm. and, and to be fair 99.9% 90 .9 of them have never played football so there's no empathy whatsoever they, they don't understand you know they don't understand that players have worked all week it's all about scoring goals and winning games and that's what it's that's it's about results and, and that's what they fail to recognize uh, this handball arc, I mean, it's, it's mind-boggling, isn't it? Hey, just, 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 I, don't know, I really don't know where it's going to. Just not, not holding my attention at the moment with no crowd in there, I'm afraid. You know, I think that's the same for most people. It's just not yeah. the same, is it? In no, it isn't. And um, you know, it, it's a tough one to be playing them games, I would suggest. 
um, because you've got that motivation to get going. Yeah, the point that's why you see some of these farcical results as well. Yeah, well, it's the, the seven-two and the six-one. That I, I don't think they'd have happened. No, no, it's past the stadiums. Yeah, to be to be honest with the the seven-two one there, my my good friend, a good friend of mine, Richard O'Kelly, he's one of the assistant managers at Villa. I text Richie regularly when he's when they're playing and all this and the other. I said, well, seven, something on those lines. I didn't say, you, you better have a nosebleed soon. But I mean, they, they got four deflections, didn't they? Timely deflections, I think it was, that worked out that yeah. blew them away. Yeah. Uh, and and that, you struggle to, you know, to uh, combat that, don't you? The, yeah. the point you just made, Steve, um, mm. around how the referees of, you know, modern era, VARS, fourth officials, they've never played the game. So... The viewpoint might be, you know, out. They might not know the reality of what it's like playing. But you're in a very unique position from what we've looked into, anyway. In that you're the only person to have have had. Well, I'll caveat it: a substantial playing career. Mm. You know, not just maybe played a few games, then dropped into yeah, the yeah, league. Yeah. You had a substantial football league career, and then went into the, into the referee. And after that, and do you think yes. it's a bit surprising that? That's not commonplace because the, the, the problem you have is, and it's quite surprising yeah, to me. Yeah, yeah. Well, the, the problem you have is that you've got the powers that be, and, and, and when I was working coming through the system, it took me six years from starting to get into the football league as a referee, and the, and the norm then would probably be about 12, 10, 12 years. But yeah. That, yeah, they used to say I was getting preferential treatment, but believe you me, I was. I was assessed more times than a little. They were yeah, allowed to clip my wings as soon as, you know, uh, uh, as soon as they could. And there's a laddie up in the northeast who who was who didn't actually play Graham. Graham, I forget his surname was now. But um, he he got through in five years, and he he didn't actually play, but he, he was a good little referee, and he did well. Mm. I remember the I can't remember his surname now, but it was a grand lad. You know, I met some good lads. There's some knobheads as well, mind you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and, yeah. I mean, I, I got more Referee of the Year awards than anything else. working my way through. So it's all right for me. I think it's quite easy to pick the uh, the knobheads out now, especially when you're watching. watching yeah, I mean, it, it is. And um, I, I don't know. It, it, some of these things, are, and the players don't help. But you've got to recognise when they're pulling the wool over your eyes and they're diving and things like this. When you know, I watched the other one the other night and this kid is there, he's looking for a penalty. And he put his both feet together. I thought he got 5.9, 5.9, 5 5.9. 5 I think he got out of his degree of difficulty and everything else. He did all right. But um, when, when you were coming on, Steve, we put, um, well, I, I spoke to my father in law. He's, he's like a football fanatic. Um, and, and, Especially sort of the era you were playing, he'll he'll be more long time ago. Well, <laughs> uh, but he, he's more of an expert of, of that time. So I just sort of asked him if there was anything he'd he'd want to to know any questions that he might have for you. Yes. Um, and he says in, in 1985, Chesterfield took the fourth division title by storm, um, yeah. which which you were a part of. And how high do you rate that in your in your list of achievements? That was that was really good to be fair because. Um, what had happened, uh, say about three, four years earlier? I, I, I had my 
real purple patch at Bradford. Uh, I was transferred there from Huddersfield to Bradford uh, about 1978, something like that, went from, from Huddersfield to Bradford. And I had two seasons, I tell you, I was in dog's bollocks, if you like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, what happened was that nobody, but nobody, had, if, I, if anybody beat me in, on a header, job, yeah, it wouldn't happen again. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember playing against a boy, you remember George Ryland, bless him, I think he's passed away now. Big lad who played for Northampton, then went up to Newcastle and things like that. Yeah. Do you remember yeah. him? Six foot seven he was. He played up front. Jesus, tall bloke. Oh, he was a big lad. Yeah, he was, <laughs> he was a big lad. And um, I remember battering him one night, and I put a tooth out, and his legs, his, his knee to his ankle must have been about five foot. Anyway, he got stood marks right down there and everything else. And he stood out and I never saw him the rest of the night. Yeah, but, yeah that's, that's a kind of, my wife thought, thought I was an animal when I was playing. When I walked over that, over that white line, that was me. I was a different, different person. I'd bury anybody. <laughs> I used to, have, used, to have, used to have battles with uh, uh, Mickey, Mickey Hartford and Tony Cunningham when they was at Lincoln. Yeah, uh, they were they were a pair, but I used to take them both on at the same time. Yeah, it was good. Nice <laughs> and strong. It was good. Who would you fancy a tussle with from the modern era, then, Steve? It, let's let's imagine you're playing now. Who would you most like to give a kick in bollocks to on Sly or Barry said, six feet under? <laughs> oh, this, this, um, <laughs> the uh, I tell you uh, the the one I had one time uh, we uh, when I was at Forest. And uh, we played Lee's Reserves and big, had a battle with Big Joe, Big Joe Jordan. I had to do yeah. with him. I remember Batesy, Mickey, Mickey Bates, when I, um, uh, when I was at Bradford, Batesy came and, and Stan, Paul Reaney, they came to Bradford at the same time for a year or two. And, and Batesy said, I, he said, I was sat in the stand. He said, I, I flipping remember that game. You know, the way you're back and knocking seven different colours and shit out of each other, you know, just <laughs> one things. But but he was a he was a nasty bugger. Yeah, and leads themselves yeah. at the time. I remember getting uh, somehow I don't know where I got up there. I, I got in there off and just on the edge of the box, something like that. Well, my sho- my socks were shredded with the tackles that were going in. Nothing, no, nowhere near the ball. My socks were actually ripped to shreds. Yeah, <laughs> uh, Taff. I remember Taff Terry Yorff getting getting caution one time. And he's trying to kick me in the chest. And <laughs> <laughs> So drastically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Almost well, unrecognisable, isn't it? Now, is it? It, it, it oh. is. Yeah, it is for sure. Um, yeah, I, you know, when I was in at Forest and Reserves, there, the, you know, I was captain there. In that team, then these lads would never have dreamt of doing what they did. Was the likes of Tony Woodcock, Viv Anderson, Martin O'Neill. Uh, Duncan McKenzie, John Robertson. These were all in that team that time. Unbelievable. Yeah. Viv and I played together. I remember him getting cramped one time. Well, when Viv got cramped, he got it right. He went straight through his body. He's like rigor mortis. He was stunk. Stiff <laughs> <laughs> as a board he was. Yeah, it, yeah it really rattled him at times. But yeah, there's some, some lovely lads. And um, we had a reunion a couple of years back. Um, it was about 50 years since we'd seen each other. A lot of them at the same time, around 69, 70, when they all uh, joined or was a part of that kind of era. 
and then we just got and got together again down at the uh, the football ground a couple of years ago, which that was interesting. Some of them I would never recognise if <laughs> they have changed beyond recognition. Some of them, some were there, some were oh dear, a lot without. <laughs> I bet it was nice to catch up though. It was all. lovely. It was lovely. Yeah, it was lovely, and yeah, it's um, um, yeah to to reminisce and, and just yeah, meet up with some familiar faces. Uh, sadly, Robbo, he's he's got um, uh, Parkinson's, onset of Parkinson's, mm. and uh, another lad who played down there was a good friend of mine, David Sorella. He's got early signs of dementia. Mm. Yeah, they're both there, but I mean these things, you know, it's. Um, it makes you wonder about this. Um, it's like Big Ernie now, isn't it? You know, you know what kind of effect the head in the football. Ernie's a bit older than me, but you know, you do that, and I've done that. I, I, I've actually been for this cognitive test. I went down to London to the um, uh, sports and whatever, whatever it is um, office in London, and I was there last September. Um, they're doing the test for about three or four hours, which was very interesting. They don't tell you where you've got it or whatever, yeah, but it is, yeah. it's just to put it up, put everything together. Um, it's interesting because like in America, I'm sure that, well, I don't know if they have proven it, but they certainly believe that it, with NFL players, don't they? I, I read about it a few I think it's some, some major money being laid out yeah. to, to those guys. You don't hear as much research into it in England, do you really? Well, the thing, the thing is, I think there's, there's um, one or two gone off now, and I think there's one in Scotland that was finalised and it came up with the, uh, the analysis that yeah, it was, um, uh, had played a major effect on, on the guys, mm. uh, the health and, and cognitive um, diminish, diminishment. Um, and the one in London, Excuse me. They they said it'd take about probably another eighteen months, but they would get us together at some stage, and you know everything would come out and um, they, they'd do a presentation on it all. But I think it's, it's certainly not helping, is it? No, and, it can't. Uh, it, yeah, and it's like the rugby as well. Some of these guys cranky. Yeah, and then and then you get obviously with the the boxing. That's, Especially without balls it used to be as well, you know. Obviously Absolutely. It's lighter now, but you go back yeah. to the 80s and prior. Yeah. It's like, it's like heading a, a slightly softer, large cricket ball, isn't it? So it's Absolutely, yeah. And, and the playing surfaces as well, I mean, like carpets now. Yeah. yeah. You know, the drop of water on there and, and you know, they won't play. Whereas we were playing, I mean, I remember going, we were going on the, the baseball ground one time, Crack, you're running out and they slow you over the top of your boot before you even started. <laughs> but I'd get called off now, wouldn't it? <laughs> you wouldn't, yeah, you wouldn't know, have a chance of playing that one, would you? We'd be risking Jesse Lingard's fingernails, <laughs> would we, with that? Yeah. Get uh, it played uh, in that condition on Sunday for Grassmore. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you, just, you mentioned a moment ago, Steve, about Ernie Moss. Yeah. And I think that's something we called out as to get, you know, your perspective on it. Obviously, an absolute legend for Chesterfield fans and yeah, pleasure of playing with him. What what was that like, if you wouldn't mind? Just ah, he's, he's a gentleman, Ernie, and uh, to be fair, he, he didn't really swear much or anything like that. But as a fit of him, he's a big lad as well. And um, but you know, you always say hello to him and how you doing before and all this and the other. And he's 
yeah, nodding away there, but sad, very sad. Yeah. His daughter's, you know, explaining where he is. He's in a care home at the moment, um, being looked after. But he's a big old tough, you big old strong boy. He's, he's, he's not he's not diminishing anyway. No. And he's out he's outlived his his expectancy, I think, from what I can gather. Yeah. Was, um, was he a player that when you were playing with you thought maybe could have performed at a higher level than Chesterfield? I think he's like a lot of us. You have your limits. And then he had, he had his limits, I think. But he, it's, I was only a journeyman. And he was very similar, but he was prolific at his, at his role as a goal scorer. And did yeah. accept very well. And yeah, it's like cross-country running pre-season. He was always there or thereabouts. I mean, you you could hear him. He's, he's oh dear, he's breathing. He's, he's breathing out his backside, but it, you know, he's snorting away there. But he was always up at the front. Um, yeah, it was it, it was a credit to his family. It really was. That's lovely. So, Steve, who, who, in your opinion, is the best player that you've shared a pitch with, both as a player and then as a referee as well? Well, I think for, for natural ability, you know, even though I didn't play in the first first team when I don't think, would be probably John Robertson for me in my days there. That, that he, he had everything. Mm. And Cluffy called him, you know, when they, that European Cup there, and he said, we we got something that, you know, a secret weapon, a little fat man that will destroy him. And he did. He had, either thought it was never a problem with Robert. He could go into. It wasn't particularly quick, but he could drop his shoulder inside, outside, whichever way you want to go, with, and and he'd drop it on six months. And you got then you got the from one extreme to the other, who, who would potentially make a, a monkey out of you was Duncan McKenzie. Well, Duncan used to like to nutmeg people and all these all the tricks, but um, yeah, I, I would say Robert, as far as thinking about it, as far as actual ability and, and what what, the, what he achieved, probably. And then as a referee, who would who would the best player be for that? Don't know, don't know really. Um, just trying to think who would. We just more about the BA. I, <laughs> I, I, I did, I did, I, I can remember uh, many, yeah, when I first, not long after I first started, I did um, a game down Bournemouth and uh, Defoe played. He was on loan from West Ham, mm-hmm. and he looked uh, he, he looked the business. And who was the other one? Um, little lad that played for Charlton that went up to uh, Liverpool. Oh, what's his name now? Can't remember his name now. But he he was quality. He was he was buzzing. He was a lively little lad. So Defoe from a young age, you could yeah, tell. Yeah, got you promise. could tell. Yeah, he got he got something a bit special. Right? He's oh, still hanging yeah. about at thirty eight, didn't he? He is yeah. still just, yesterday, right? Yeah, he just yeah, got three hundred yeah. goal, and yeah. that that's what it was for Rangers. Yeah. One of yeah. only about six players to get three hundred mm-hmm. um, English slash Scottish um, you know, British goals. <laughs> so. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's done this extremely well, but you, you could tell he got some natural ability. Yeah, it was it was there to, for all to be seen for sure. Yeah. So there is a photo 
actually, Steve, that your daughter posted to us on Facebook with you having Did a good she? laugh with Roy Keane. <laughs> All right. So yeah, can yeah. you just talk us through that picture? I don't know if you've seen it. I have seen it. Yeah, yeah, I have seen it. <laughs> I'm, I'm not sure, actually. We must have been... We had, I can't recall what it was all about, but it, it was a funny, made a funny remark back because I had said something and he, he fired back, which I enjoyed. I, I loved that when I was refereeing. If I could get and have a, have a real good banter with, with him and, and everything else, I, that makes my life so much easier. And he was the same there. Um, but I, I can't remember what it was about, if I'm, if I'm honest with you, but it, it was a funny one for me to respond like that. Was it the testimonial that the yeah it was dunks dunks and kev's testimonial yeah yeah, yeah which which worked out yeah it was nice was it about him following um <laughs> chris brandon chris brandon around the pitch and threatening to kill him probably something <laughs> on those lines yeah probably on those lines uh, we had gaz davis on a couple of weeks ago and he were telling us yeah. about Keane was a bit put out by um Chris Brandon, he fancied yeah, an opportunity of having a pop at Keno and uh, yeah. Roy was well up for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, may, I may have been trying to straighten him up or something. There's something I shouldn't bother getting too involved with that. <laughs> no, I, I can't honestly remember what it was all about. But you know, it, it was, it, it, we had a quip anyway. We had a two and a throw and, and I think it worked out quite nicely. It was funny. From what it, from obviously funny from what I could see. Yeah, <laughs> can't remember what it was about, but it looked funny. Great photo, <laughs> great photo. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so the last thing on our questions before we move into yeah. sort of our quiz is yeah. in your greatest moment as a player and as a referee. So your own personal greatest moment and um, as a player, I think. Um, I went into the coaching side in 19, what did I go to Scunthorpe? Uh, about 81, I think it would have been. Dunks was there. Dunks was playing playing manager, been there, gone from Derby there as playing manager of Scunthorpe. And survived by the skin of his teeth. I think they actually um, uh, shipped about 105 goals or something like that. I finished second from bottom of the Football League, just failed to get in relegated out of the league and we had a mutual friend uh, um, in, in a, a chap called Lammy Robertson who played with me or we played together at Bradford and Lammy rang me and said uh, and I, I've got bearing in mind the year before I'd gone to, to Warsaw I was the first ever player to go to a tribunal and that was in Manchester first ever and um, I think Bradford at the time, because I was, I was really flying at that stage, doing really well. And um, I think Bradford wanted 65 grand for me, 65,000 for me, which at that time was a lot of money. And I think Warsaw ended up paying, uh, the chairman was a, a scrap metal guy. I think he paid 50,000 cash for me, apparently. <laughs> yeah, so that was, yeah, cash. We'll buy anyway, it. Yeah, yeah, it was probably. And um, I didn't quite fulfill what I, you know, that, that, that kind of um, prominence there for whatever reason. Uh, we were traveling a little bit from, from Huddersfield down to Warsaw most days, which didn't help for any stretch of imagination. And I, I got pushed to one side. And at the end of the day, a couple of years, well, a year, year or so down the road, um, 
was I was going anywhere, and there's a lot of clubs coming in for me from Warsaw and, and trying to get me to go and learn and all this that and the other, and, uh, and um, uh, nothing ever really materialised. And let me come on and say, going to Scunthorpe, I thought, fucking hell, Scunthorpe just nearly went out of the league the year before, I'm not that bad, pal. <laughs> yeah, do me a favour, I could do without that. And um, uh, uh, it says, well, speak to him, speak to John Duncan. So I, said, I spoke with Dunks. Uh, and I just said, nah, no, no. Um, but I, I'd always had a anchor enough to go into management. That was one of the big things I was after. And I said to him, I'll tell you what I'll do. But I'm not coming as a, a, just a player. If I'm coming, I'm going to have some kind of impact. I'm going to have some input on it and, and hopefully have an impact. Mm. So uh, it's well, well, come as a uh, player coach. I said, well, that's a starting point. And um, went as player coach, took a lot of the training, led on the, on the cause a lot of it is an awful lot of running and everything like that. And then we used to do all the um, uh, patterns of play, sit down in the afternoon and work out uh, patterns of play, formations and all this, that, and the dunks and I. So it's just him and I at the time. And um, we ended up, well, we got off to a flyer and we was always in the top four. And him and the chairman, David Wraith, uh, chairman Scunthorpe there, uh, they had a clash of personalities and Dunks got sacked at Easter. I thought, oh, I'm in here, I've got myself a job here, I'm going to manage play manager, and all that. Next minute, turned around, Sniffer stood in the corner. So it, it, it already lined him up to take over the job, Alan Clark. So, but I, I had a, a good few weeks working with him. Um, and my wife enjoyed meeting uh, Margaret, his wife. They, they used to get blathered before the game. And I used to, <laughs> so they'd be in the stand in the, in the uh, director's box and they're getting, you know, truck, throwing that wine down the necks and enjoying the day. So they, they had a good time. But it was, yeah, I, I enjoyed the company of Sniffer and we, we got on really well. Yeah. Um, and then Dunks, he, he rekindled uh, his career a little bit and um, got the job, we went to Hartlepool, then got the job at, school, uh, at Chesterfield and, and rang me and said, Big Man, would you come and do the same job for me here? Uh, and I said, yeah, yeah, if we can get it sorted. I've got another year left on my contract at Scunthorpe, but good as gold, they just said, look, yeah, we'll even give you a couple of bob to, if you want to, if you wanted to go, and it was on my door, a bit closer to home for me. Yeah. And I said, uh, yeah, okay, we'll go and do that. And in the second season, there we, we won the championship and that was I think that was probably about the, the best as far as not only playing being the captain player coach and having a uh, player coach and an assistant player manager being having some real input on, on what happened and how we went about things so I say that that from a playing perspective that was probably about the best best there was but I had two good years at Bradford which would take some real beating you know as, as, a, as a player I thought I, I was good enough to go to some, you know, a, a, another couple of three divisions I at least there. Uh, uh, I don't remember a, a, a lad called um, Jim Alton coming in, Big Jim. He went from Shrewsbury at the time. He was at West Brom. We played against each other, West Brom um, in the um, intermediaries, in the intermediates, uh, which was Saturdays, Saturday mornings and all that kind of stuff for apprentices and all that kind of career. And then Jim got in the, in the reserves at West Brom and didn't quite make anything. He went to Shrewsbury 
and then Man United bought it, paid 80 grand for it from, from Shrewsbury to, to Man United. He's sadly passed away now, but it, uh, it was a, well, very, very similar, you know, art on our sleeve, that's, that's how it worked. Yeah. And, you know, no prisoners. No prisoners, you can't yeah. run very quick on one leg. I mean, um, <laughs> when you talk about you wanting to move into the coaching or management even. Management, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. What, what led to becoming a ref instead then? Was it just well, well, something that opened up? Oh. Yeah, it was at the end of my career. Well, I say at the end here at Chesterfield, the second after we won the championship, we had a, a boardroom change round, and um, Barry Hubbard, who was a lovely guy, um, I used to get on really well with Barry. And, and next breath, you know that uh, there's a little man that that uh, brought snooker to the TV, uh, little man syndrome again. And uh, throwing his weight around, he came in as, as chairman and wanted to, he, he wanted to make an impression. He tried to sack John actually because John had got another, but John had got another two years on his contract. He took his name off the door and everything. Got the guy, yeah. Took it, it, it was really serious. He was ready to do him, uh, and he couldn't do anything about him. Then, then, so he, he, I was a player manager at that stage. And then he, he came after me, and, and I got uh, probably another year left on my contract. I think it was. And uh, I got spondylosis of the neck, all this heading and all that kind of carry on. I went to see a specialist and they said, look, if, if um, that, that was my neck, he said, I, I would be you know, looking to pack in now because you're going to do yourself some serious damage long term. Mm. Mm. And I, I said, well, you pop it in writing because I was 33 then. You pop it in writing and I stuck it under Waters' leg. I stuck it under his nose and laughed at it. <laughs> <laughs> but... He uh, he destroyed my ambition because once you're out of that kind of field, to be able to get a, a manager's job, it, it was a tough one. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah, he, he really destroyed my yeah yeah my dream, if you like, to a degree, which was which was very sad. And, uh, I didn't, uh, I, I never forgave him for that. Sadly, he's passed away, but no, he was a, he was an horrible man, horrible little man. Just, yeah. you know, a bit of power and money and all that and they want to make an impression it's a yeah. common story isn't it yeah it is sadly yeah not necessary but it, it is correct and then from there refereeing how did that yeah ref well referee I always said I never played non-league football but I got enticed in playing a couple of games a chap from uh, Alfton where Jeff Worth his name was and he, he used to run um, a couple of different local teams, Matlock and all these kind of things, and he just couldn't have a few games. Well, I, yeah, to be honest with you, I was pinching money. I just said, no, I can't cope with this. After a few games, I, I said, I'm pinching money here, and that's not just not for me. I, I can't be doing it. I'm not justifying anything. And uh, I saw an article in the in the Mirror, Daily Mirror, and it was uh, Tommy Smith and Chopper Harris saying about ex-players becoming referees. I thought that's not a bad idea, no. so uh, I just made a few inquiries locally. Uh, I spoke to the PFA and see if there's anything there. I said no, 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 we've got nothing. But if you can do something with it, we'll, we'll happily back you up if you need us. So okay, well we started, and I went down to the local referees association, joined there, uh, and and started officiating just to be in Sunday leagues and worked my way through, and it went from there really, and. and I say it took me six years to get into the middle, mm. and probably at the end I was, I was 
I used to test myself. I won't say I got bored with it, but I used to test myself to see how long I could go with that blowing whistle. The longest I went was something, in fact, I went about, I think the longest I went was something like 20, 26 or 27 minutes, and that was at Main Road, with Man City and, I can't remember, the Port Vale or something like that, and they scored a goal, and it's only for restarting the match of Lewis. Oh, I wish I'd, I wish I'd known you when you were still reffing, Steve, I've had some right hackers on. No, 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 no corners for the first 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but well, listen, listen, I was, yeah, very popular on the, on the, on the betting front, precautions. <laughs> I had less than one a game. <laughs> By the sound of it, yeah. <laughs> I did. I, I, I was a very strong. I, what, a guy sent me some information, said that you're yeah, top of the, you know, the betting. Yeah, you're very, very thought after in the, in the betting world. <laughs> oh, very nice too. Yeah. <laughs> So my, my, I think I, I had yeah, less than one a game in, in my old refereeing career. Wow, that's amazing. Yeah, Clattenburg, etc. It's like less than one every three seconds, isn't it? Yeah, yeah well, well Clat, yeah, Clat's even on a few lines for me many years ago. I, he had the right kind of attitude at that time, but I think he's got delusions of grandeur. But he's got a nice job in... Uh, UAE now, I think he heads up there. Yeah. The referees yeah, there. Or something, or India. Or... Put, say again. Dubai. Oh, or India, or Dubai, is it? Yeah, is it? yeah it's out in Dubai. Yeah. yeah, it's out in Dubai, somewhere like that, neck of the woods. Running there, so it will be tax free and we're mm -hmm. getting a real wedge for it. Yeah. Good gig if you can get it, that. Yeah. yeah, it is. In the sunshine as well. Yeah, absolutely. I could do better than here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so we've got five questions for you now, which Josh is going to run through. And this is all okay. about your career. So yes. some yes. are multiple choice, but I'll let Josh run through. Uh, and there is still the chance for you. To, you could go top of the scoreboard. Still, we've still not had anyone who's got five out of five. Gaz well, right. and Ben Thornley got three, I think. Yeah, yeah, he did. Yeah. So, no pressure. No pressure. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mix it up, Steve. So I've put some questions in about your playing career and, and your refereeing career. Um, yeah. I've not had a chance to ask any referee questions before, so it would be quite nice to... to yeah, put, no problem. Uh, so question one, your final game as a professional referee was on Sunday the 4th of May 2003. It was a 5-0 yeah. away win at Brad. Yeah. Yeah, Portsmouth. Correct. I've got two shirts from there, one from... Uh, um, the uh, Bradford captain, and one from Merce as well. So I've got my home somewhere. Oh, decent. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah, we were brilliant when yeah. you talked. That was season Portsmouth romped it, didn't they? They won the league. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I got to know, I knew Harry a little bit, but um, uh, it was Jim, 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 Jim. Jim. Bald Eagle. Eagle. Jim Smith. Yeah. Jim Smith. Well, Jim, I knew very well over the years. Um, and he introduced me to Harry, and we got to know each other, you know, pretty well. You know, I never used to have any problems with it; just a, a laugh all the time. It's good, good fun. Um, question two: You made almost four hundred and fifty league appearances across uh, across your multiple clubs. How yeah. many were for Chesterfield? And this is multiple choice: one hundred and thirteen, one hundred and twenty-three, or one hundred and thirty-three. One hundred and thirteen. 133. You've done yourself out of 20, yeah. 20 oh, appearances. Yeah. <laughs> Very good. 133, which is... That's not bad. Yeah. 
Um, question three, and this is uh, on, on your refereeing again. How many red cards did you show in your refereeing career? You've already said you, were, you weren't one to flash a card, but yeah, how many reds did you give? Do you know? In the football league? I th I, it must be football league, I think. And if, the if, if it's not what you say, then the website's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but to be clear, if it's not the website answer, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> About two, I think. Four, apparently, and that was from an old Scunthorpe website uh, with yourself. You gave me. Well, yeah, it could have been, yeah, four, yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds about right. Well, well, I mean, if you think it's two, yeah. <laughs> you're the one yeah, who no. said four. No, no. What did they yeah. have to do to get sent off? Were you, Steve, then? Like, amputate yes. a leg? Or... Yeah, very close. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, play on. <laughs> um, question four is on a very similar, similar topic. Uh, so as a player, how many red cards did you receive in your playing career? And this, it caveated it. I don't know if you were a menace before, but it said from the 1979-80 season. So I don't know if you were hacking people down left, right and yeah. centre. <laughs> and then calmed down a bit. But yeah, for, from 1979-80 onwards, how many red cards did you receive? 1979 I'll give you a clue. It was in, in January 1982 while you were on loan at Berry. Yeah, I went to first game. lasted about 25 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and, and the boy Groves. What a wanker he was. First <laughs> one, I, I, I caught the boy uh, who used to play for Ipswich. He played in the cup final. Uh, Lambert, his name was on that. I caught him, which was a little bit late there. But the boy Perry Groves, he was on the wing. He was, he was up and coming. Well, I didn't get within a yard of him and he fucking died. Uh, <laughs> he, he got, he got 8.9, 8.9, 8.9. He did incredible. <laughs> and I went down the tunnel. That was my first game for Bury. Yeah, that was, that was, your, that, that was your, your, only, your only one, apparently. From yeah, I, had, I, had, um, I had one for Huddersfield in, <laughs> in, the, in the Milk Cup at that stage. And another one. I never even touched him. Boy Tommy Smith, can you remember Tommy, the Scottish winger, played for Coventry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I got him out within a metre of him and he took off and he, he went flying. Never even never even got close. That's two two I went off for and never even touched him. They just saw you coming and shit themselves. Yeah. Like diving out. Yeah, that's <laughs> about it. Would you have sent yourself off for those challenges then, Steve, if if you Ooh. could No, I'd have booked him for Simulation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and your um, simulation. Your, your final question, question five. How many goals did you score in your entire career? And I, I think this is league again. Yeah, I, I did quite well actually. About, uh, my ratio was my ratio was about one in ten. For a centre half, is incredible. Very good. I, I, you see my spell at Bradford. You see the goals there. Unbelievable. <laughs> I've not. I'll have a quick look. You have a little look there for my ratio there. Sergio Ramos-esque. 17 in 99. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Unbelievable. I had a from centre-back. <laughs> but I had, I, I did have a couple of games up front for him because it was a bit hard done to. But um, I used to have a, a, a real good relationship with uh, Mickey Bates. And Bates and I would just be nod to each other. As soon as he get on the ball there, he knew I was on my way. He, could, he used to drop, drop them on sixpence. I'd be on the end of them. 
<laughs> so you just dive in there. So he did really well for me. So it was good. How many that's that good. Good, I think? Have you got have you got a guess on how many overall? Um, well, I, like I said, it, it was more or less a goal a game, a goal every ten games, as, as far as I, I remember. I was very close to fifty in total. If, with I, I think you should use that stat, considering you played four hundred and fifty league games as a guide. When you're saying one in ten, you're very close. Yeah, better forty-seven. Forty-two. Forty-two. 42. Oh, all right, no problem. It's, it's a fantastic record for yeah. for a second. Yeah. No, it was, it was good. Uh, yeah, I say Bradford was a purple patch. We've always we always used to uh, bag a few, mm. but yeah, I had some real good ones there. I remember I remember scoring one for Huddersfield, uh, first game of the season, uh, first game of the new year down at Brentford. And if you ever get to speak to Martin Tyler, he'll tell you because Martin was in the stand watching. And I hit this. It's on the centre circle. It was on the edge of the circle there. I had this thing on the half volley. Well, it could have gone. It flew. It could have flown into centre of London, but it flew in the top. The further it went, the quicker it went. It went right in the angle. I'm telling you, you couldn't have picked it. You could. If I'd have picked it up and put it there, I couldn't have placed it any better. Uh, yeah, it could have flew anywhere. But it, yeah. it was the first one about 1978. First goal of 1978, something like that. We played Brentford on a on a New Year's Day morning. Amazing. Right, so last thing, Steve, before you leave us is mm. score predictions of our football team. So, with me being a Derby fan, can you predict us the Bournemouth first Derby score for this Saturday? At Bournemouth? It's at Bournemouth. Mm, I think you might get turned over. You're having a lean time, aren't you? Yeah. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I think, I think it is a, it's, it's a bit like a rudderless ship at the moment, isn't it? Given the back, what the the kind of players have got there, yeah, uh, sadly. But I like Derby. I, you know, it's a shame, really. I've got a good friend of mine. He, he's a big Derby fan as well. Lives at Hilton. Good friend, probably the best mate, really. But yeah, I think you might just get turned over. So, what's your score? <laughs> Two one. Bournemouth. Yeah. Right. Yeah, I'm with these predictions, you do, Nick. In oh. Insulting me there, Steve. <laughs> <laughs> so, on Saturday as well, Burnley versus Chelsea. What's your score prediction for that one? <laughs> Dice, you'll get his helmet on there. It'll be all right. Um, I think the, the Chelsea will have too much for him. But he's resilient how he sets them up. So, there'll be a lot in it. Potentially could be a lot in it, but you obviously got a lot better quality personnel playing. I argue with that. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. But um, I, I think you probably could get... But what was Chelsea's last game? What happened there? What happened there? We were at Old Trafford, 0-0. 0-0 on the... Classic game. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, I think they might just... Yeah, I, I think just maybe a, a 2-0 to Chelsea, something like that. Chelsea. Yeah, fair. Yeah. And then I believe this is on the Sunday, a big game, Man United versus Arsenal. I think Arsenal will have too much for them, I think. I think they might just be a bit too much. I think they might just have a nick it. Might just, Arsenal might just nick it. The, um, that's again a bit like a, a ruthless ship, isn't it? 
unless the, it, it just depends what team turns up, isn't it? You just don't know at the moment with them. No. Just, yeah, and, and I do like the, the boy Bruno as well. Yeah, I like him. He, he looks a, a player that wants to do something. And, and they've got, without a doubt, got a lot of quality. It's just that probably Solskjaer isn't the man for the job, I don't think. I don't think, you know, it's all right being um, yeah, true to T. Belize and, and but there comes a point in time where you go to say, I think, well, we need somebody else in here. But I don't think it's got quite the kind of um, credibility or mentality to take it forward or lead it forward. I, I don't think. I think, yeah, I think he falls short a little bit. So it seems a nice lad. Seems a nice chap. Seems a real nice chap. But I think we feel the same, don't we? Pretty much. Yeah. It, it's like Lampard. He's gone back there and he's proven it. Where this guy has not got that kind of respect. You know, as he, I, I don't think that he's, he's not earned it. Or he's, he's not really um, drawing the best out of him. Mm. Well, he's got that capability to deliver it. But Lampard seems to have that that natural bit about him that the, the, he seems ready made for it. So, what's your score for Man U versus Arsenal? I think he might just. I think Arsenal might just nick it. Might just nick it with a with a a one nil or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Mikel Arteta taking that one. <laughs> so, the last thing, I promise you, the last thing, Steve. So, what do you make of Chesterfield in this current condition? Uh, it's sad, really is sad. Um, I, I, I mean, I go down, I don't look at him, but you know, some of the times I, I see these boys and I'm thinking, cracky. You know, and, and it's certainly a, a good, strong. Division one club, yeah, no, a good strong division one club. Got the, sure. the crowds to support that when you look how they did under Cook, they were getting six, seven. Yeah, players, weren't they? yeah, yeah. No, no, but it can go any higher than that. Who's the same? Steve, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. No, well, no, I enjoyed it. Thank you, it's and I've learned great. how to use Zoom now as well. That's even better <laughs> still. <laughs> Sorted. My wife did all this for me. She, she, she's mustard. There you go. You've, you've, I'm, I'm still there. I'll be still there. I'm scratching my head. <laughs> You've officially done what everyone else has done in lockdown now and done a Zoom call. So. Yeah, yeah, very good. Dad. I've enjoyed it. Thank you. Thank you very much, Steve. Appreciate it. Great, mate. Thank you so much. What a class guy Steve was. And now let's get into our score predictions. So, Luke, we'll start with you and Nottingham Forest versus Derby. You had Derby to lose 2-0. I don't even remember how it ended up. <laughs> no, Dar- Derby scored and then I turned it off. because one one yeah. What happened? So, pretty much, it was very even all the way through the game. It probably was a draw. Yeah. would be a fair result, but we had a goal ruled out towards end of the match, which clearly wasn't offside. They give it as Wagon looked offside, but he didn't touch the ball. He weren't interfering with keeper's view, but Ayo... I think one all were definitely a fair result, to be fair. But uh, you'd take it, wouldn't you, away? Yeah, it's disappointing not to get the three points, obviously. But mm. I think, like you said, going into the game, you would take a point away at Nottingham Forest. But uh, with Derby's, you just got to not lose, aren't you? Absolutely. But Josh, you had you had four nil Forest. What was that? 
Well, yeah, I'm, I, th I, I thought they were better than they were, and I thought you were as bad as you are. <laughs> um, Absolutely. Oh, no. Oh, he's back. You froze then, Nick. I didn't hear what you said. Oh, oh it froze a lot. Oh, from me at 4-0. Just restart, Josh. Yeah. Right. Josh, you had 4-0 Nottingham Forest. What is that? Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I thought Forest were better than they were. I knew you were shit. Um, <laughs> I, I, thought, I thought they'd bat you, but yeah, they, they are bad as well. Um, I do still fear for you, and I'm going to predict you to lose heavily every week until you do. Um, I heard on TalkSport earlier you've scored three goals from open play this season. And Are we that many? Oh, is it? No. We've scored three goals. Two have been free kicks. Scored three goals, one from open play, and that player do not play for you anymore. So that was Jack Marriott. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's not looking good. I honestly don't... It's weird because when we play, we look threatening, but there's just nothing... There's no... We haven't got a, a striker where... I know Luke will say it all the time. You need a 20-goal score a striker in that league and we don't have one I mean I don't see it coming from anywhere else in, on pitch either Lawrence is a good player he's probably going to get you 10 goals a season Jozbiak mm. as well new Polish guy looks decent probably another 10 goals winger but Wagon won't get you more than 10 you, you do need like when Luke had Barnes and bloody oh, Jay Rodriguez all these players, we yeah, just no. don't have that player. That's why yeah. he's signed Austin. I don't think he'd be a. He, I don't think in now he's not in his prime. Boy, yeah. yeah, absolutely, he'd snap his hands off. But I just don't think he's good now. Mm. He's just about as much of a slob as Chris Martin. Slob. <laughs> <laughs> just a slob running around pitch. We've got uh, Austin coming on next week. <laughs> well, actually, I had Derby 1-1, so I got five points for that, standard. As we both got zero points again. <laughs> We're basically fighting for second now, me and Joe. Yeah. It'll all change. I'm sure I'll have a run of bad, bad weeks. But uh, Right, second game, Man United versus Chelsea. Luke, you had 2-0 Man United. Yeah, it was the worst match I've ever seen. Anyone who, go, anyone who ever says Burnley play shit football, it's crap and boring watching <laughs> Burnley. What a load of bollocks. Because these top teams, oh, what, didn't they play some silky shit with a ball bouncing off Kai Havertz's shin and fucking hitting McTominay in the face? Absolute shit. One of the worst matches I've ever had the mispleasure of watching. Both of them teams are fucking wank. <laughs> <laughs> there. Anyway, you got zero points again, to be fair. <laughs> um, <laughs> Josh, you had 3-2, Chelsea. Yeah, I did my thing where I predicted United to lose because I thought it would make them win. And it didn't. <laughs> um, I, think we, I think we were the better team of two very bad teams. We had the better of the chances and Rashford should have um, scored in first half. I can't really remember anything else happening. It was it was dire. Cavani went close when he came on and looked like yeah. he went about a bit. Um, yeah, United obviously had a massive win in uh, Champions League last night. So 
I'm quite optimistic, um, but we'll we'll see. We're, we're very up and down at the minute. So, but yeah, we've we've spoke far too much about United Chelsea for <laughs> for how good it were. <laughs> Yeah, I'll, I'll skip past man. I, I had a move one one. I knew it was going to be a draw, pretty much. Oh, no. It's always a shit game between them two, so I don't see that actually ever being a good fixture to watch. <laughs> I'd rather watch, I'd rather watch Aston Villa at a minute. They're actually doing all right, but I'm not saying something. I don't like Villa, but right, Luke Burnley versus Tottenham. You had a Tottenham to win three one. Yeah, we, I thought we played really well, to be honest. I think we, I, I were gutted, but also I weren't really bothered when they scored because I just had already. I thought we, we'd lost before the game kicked off. Um, so it, it were annoying when they scored because I thought I thought if anyone looked like they were going to win it in second half, certainly for the first period, second half, it looked like it might be us. Um, uh, yeah, I think if Ben Mee were playing, as I'd said. We might. What's <laughs> getting that one out? That's every yeah, part. He's, he's played two under twenty three games this week. He's back fit. Apparently, under twenty three is one. You what? Sorry, that under twenty three is one. We're Ben Mee. No, of course he wouldn't. <laughs> um, it's just a. It's like the glue that holds us together. His captain does ever since. Well, not captain does it, the whole time, but he's been key since Daesh came in eight year ago. Eddie Howe signed him. He's been the absolute linchpin. He's, you know, other players have played alongside him have been made to look better than they were at times. Like like Tarkovsky, Keane, Shackle, uh, is just key to us. So, only good and, thing Eddie Howe did for Burnley. You are sorry. Only good thing Eddie Howe did for Burnley. He he did a lot of good in terms of signings. To be fair, that's it. If I list at play, I mean, he signed Trippier, Ings, Shackle. Um, Stanley's last, yeah, class. Imagine Austin, Burnley team now. Austin, Vokes, Ben, me. He just couldn't get him playing, but um, yeah, we played well. I think we managed Kane really well in the game. Um, and Son, to be fair, it was just you know, a, 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 was it a corner they scored from? Yeah, yeah. it was a really clever goal, yeah. Um, really clever goal to be fair good finish but yeah uh, you know it's a game that's given me a bit more optimism if I'm honest we look more like Burnley have done we look solid threatening at times um, if we play like that against the shitter teams we'll we'll get points thankfully yes we've had a bad start but we're only like two wins off 10th mm. um, so we just need to get we've got Chelsea next if we after that we've got a decent run of fixtures for about seven games um, and with a fully fit squad as well, I think we'll start to pull away. Yeah, me and Josh were way out. Josh had three nil Tottenham. I had four nil Tottenham. I would, yeah. Burnley surprised me. Played really well. Deserved to at least get a draw. I think. Yeah, I, I was surprised because I just thought Tottenham with the attacking sort of prowess they've got, they look really good in a lot of games, but. Mm. God, Burnley made Tottenham look like an average bloody Premier League team. If you'd if you'd look at just watch that game this season, you'd have thought Burnley would be the sort of challenging top six side, really. But I think uh, schools might have been made to look better than they are by that win at Old Trafford. I think. That yeah, yeah, you're probably right, and I think 
reality of it is, they're just all right, aren't they? They've got great forwards, and that that's where it ends. I yeah. think it's a very average midfield and defence. And Lloris, you know, I don't rate him. He made a few good saves in that match, to his credit. Um, nothing particularly difficult. There were mainly half chances we made, weren't there? That um, really, we we didn't create like that golden opportunity. I know we had one ruled out for offside, but um, but yeah, I, th- I think that's fair. I think you know there are a bit of an average team. I think if you take Son, Kane, and, and Bale, who didn't play for some reason, out of that team, last game either, did he? He came off bench against West Ham. Yeah. Oh, of course he did. Yeah, because that's when it fell. <laughs> he, he set himself up fantastically well, then Mister Sitter with it. But yeah, uh, yeah, I, yeah. Like I say, I'm optimistic after that. Try, I try to be all time a bit optimistic because, you like I said before, I'm, I'm depressed enough with life at the minute. I need, a, I need something. So I, it'd be nice for Burnley to kick on a little bit. Yeah. All right. Let's go on with this week's predictions: Bournemouth versus Derby, Luke. Away at Bournemouth, the vitality. 1-0 Derby. Okay. Josh? 6-0 Bournemouth. <laughs> I hate you. I honestly hate you. <laughs> Every week. But I was also thinking 1-0 Derby. I think we'll get something there. We've been very unlucky the past few games. Right. Josh, I'll start with you for this one. Burnley versus Chelsea. Oh, um, Chelsea are terrible, and and Burnley were were decent. I think Burnley, I think they might get a point. I'll go one one. Mm. Every inch of me wants to say one nil Burnley because I do not rate Chelsea. We're on the same wavelength tonight. I would think the exact same. Um, I think. We played well at West Brom and should have won. We we really I won't go over that again. Um, and again, Spurs. We should have taken a point. And I, I think, in my opinion, I've been critical of Chelsea. Um, I, I don't rate them at all. So I'm going to say one nil. Two. Burnley. Come on. <laughs> oh god. Um, yeah, I was. I were thinking one nil Burnley. I really want them to win one nil. But I'm going to say 2-0 Chelsea. <laughs> it don't make sense, but how Burnley have been playing, I feel like they're going to get a win very soon, but I don't think it will be this weekend against Chelsea. You can't go against Mason Mount, can you? I can't. <laughs> yeah, or Frank. I can't. There are only two people I like it. Well, three, Tamori. Loves his lamps. Yeah. <laughs> With his stupid yeah. fucking beanie on. Looks like Compo from Last at Summer Wine. Fucking hell. Hey, never take the dick out of that guy. I was in at Old Trafford. <laughs> yeah, but, uh, yeah, I can never insult Frank. I'll never do it. I can't either. <laughs> He's a prick. Right. We'll get on to our last fixture. Man United versus Arsenal loop. Sure, that'll be another great game. Entertaining end-to-end. By end-to-end, I mean from one side of the centre circle to the other. (laughs) Just McTominay and Shaka repeatedly fouling each other for 90 minutes. Can't fucking wait. One all. 
<laughs> right, Josh. Um, I really don't like Arsenal. Um, I'm going to go United 2 0. I'm going to say Man United 1 0. It's not going to be a great game, is it? I reckon Rashford just going to put another one in right so next week we have Chesterfield legend Tommy Lee coming onto the podcast so make sure you're getting your questions in exactly like that save and check our social media out and get asking questions we'll see you all next week bye 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 bye